Welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I am Marvin Williams. And today's episode is number 64. We've got a chunk of verses today. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one of two episodes about Moses. Yeah. So we're going to, today we'll look at verses 23 through 28 of Hebrews 11, and then kind of finish up Moses' story next time. Excellent. Excellent. So question for you. Yes. Uh, in what ways do you take steps? or did you take steps to protect your children? Oh, okay. So we did do some baby proofing. I guess I, I would not say that I was like crazy about that. I didn't do the locks on the cupboards. But Steve just recently <laughs> said, can we take those out those covers out of our outlets? Don't you think the kids are beyond? And remember, my youngest is 15 years old now. Yes, probably we're beyond these sticking their finger in the socket stage. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so we did do some of that for sure. I I like to think I was a more of a laid back than super uptight mom as far as those things go. Uh, more of a brush off, you know, skin your knee, brush off, and, right, right, and we'll right. move on sort of a thing. But for sure, I mean, your basic safety. Yeah, things. basic safety. We yes. you, you remember the gates if you yeah. were uh, we yep, had the stairs. Yep, we had the gates to, uh, at the stairs so the kids wouldn't fall down the stairs, um, obviously, you know, car seats and those kinds yes. of things, which is, you know, again, helping to uh, protect our children. I think, you know, sometimes we give wisdom to our, our children. We did, Tanya and I, you know, be sure the people you hang around and the um, your friends, your friends can determine the trajectory of your life and those kinds of things. So again, all all trying to protect, you know, our children. When we first came here, um, it was probably six to nine months before we let our kids like sleep at someone else's house or yeah. even go over somebody else's house because we didn't know anybody. Did know yeah. So and uh, so I think we take all kinds of steps mm -hmm. uh, to protect our children. And the story of Moses is a very unique way that a parent yes. um, tries to protect, uh, protect uh, his mother tried to protect him. So let's talk a little bit about um, his life and how that happened and how God sets him up to, uh, to bless others. Yeah. In Hebrews 11, verse 23, um, it does initially, it's his parents who are the ones who yeah. exhibit faith. It says, by faith, Moses, after he was born, was hidden by his parents for three months because they saw that the child was beautiful and they didn't fear the king's edict. So some background there. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and actually piggybacking on last, uh, the last episode. So the Israelites are in Egypt, but in Joseph's time, they were highly regarded, but this these people just keep growing and growing and having more and more kids. So the the rulers of Egypt get concerned. Hey, they're going to take over. Yeah. So we need to enslave them. So they're all slaves. Yep. And then the king passes a law. Okay, they, this is still getting out of hand. Every baby that every male baby that is born needs to be killed. Wow! Wow! That was the. Um, edict that it's referencing well when moses is born his parents just think no we can't yeah god has a purpose for this child so they hide him for three months and then probably he's getting a little squawky you can't <laughs> hide an infant too long so his mother makes a basket yeah yeah um floats him in the nile river 
Because that's, I mean, obviously, I cannot even imagine doing that <sighs> as a mom. But she's she has no other option. And this is her only, the only thing she can think of to preserve, potentially preserve the, the life of her son. Because if he's found, he's dead. Yeah. So maybe, just maybe, someone will find him, have mercy on him. So she puts him in the basket, has his older sister keep an eye on things. And well, 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 <laughs> if it's not the Pharaoh's daughter that finds him. Yeah. But let's let's talk a little bit about his parents, because that's an incredible example of yeah, faith. It, 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 I'm, I'm telling you, this is this is so um, this is so cool that um, there were there was no fear in um, in his parents. Um and and I think they recognized that fear and faith are incom- incompatible. They were not afraid of hostile forces. They were not afraid of the king. They were not afraid of the pharaoh. And um, and they said, "We will we will obey God mm-hmm. um, by preserving the life of our our son. Uh, then then uh, obey what the king what the king says." Which which again for me, this is such a beautiful picture of the sanctity of life yeah. that. Um, that even then when someone was trying to kill babies, um, Moses's mother and uh, recognized that, no, this life is precious. This life is beautiful. This life is not ordinary. And I think we can say that about literally every single baby that is conceived is that life is sacred. And um, and would we have the same kind of courage that um, that Moses's mother had to preserve life, to save life rather than letting life be killed? So I, I just again, that's that's one of those that's one of those points that is that's germane to the text. But I think it has so many tentacles that we can uh, we can look at even in our day and age where um, where it seems as if. Um, babies uh, from conception even to the grave where life is not as sacred. But yet this is a very beautiful picture of how um, how sacred life is. Yeah, that's true. And I think the parents' example of trusting God with Moses's life. Yeah. I mean, they, they had no other option. It's a pretty extreme example, but I think it's so easy for us in our mostly not extreme days to think that we ha- are, have our kids under our control. Yeah. And when they're younger, we do choose a lot. You know, we're choosing what they're eating. We're pretty much choosing their friends when they're little. You Absolutely, know, yeah. The birthday party invitations are the people that we're friends with. Yeah. Um, but here we see Moses's parents completely trusting their son's life. And mm. I think we can learn from that. Like, yeah. obviously, being responsible. But... We know, and I think just examining our own hearts and our motivations is our heart to control and um, maneuver our children's lives, or are we trusting God yeah. and what God may have for them? Yeah, that's a. I mean, again, you you look at you mention it um, in telling the story that man. I don't I don't know if how you know that that would be unnerving to place my baby in a basket and just send them down the Nile yeah. and 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 hoping for the best and yet there's this as you mentioned there's this 
this settled confidence that God is going to watch out for, uh, watch out for Moses. And, um, and so I think they are, uh, Moses' parents are an example of someone who, who trusts their children. And so, so your point is well taken that, that man, even, even there's, even when there is no edict, you know, to kill babies, we're, we're still the spirit of Moses's mother. You know, we want that same spirit on us to, to kind of metaphorically send our children down the Nile. Every day we sent them to school, it was sending them down the Nile. When we send them off to college, sending them down the Nile. Um, when we get ready to sit, you know, um, give their, give them away in marriage as, I have done and you're going to do. Yeah. We're sending them down the Nile, trusting that God will watch out for them. And so I love that metaphor. Yeah. And so the story continues. It's Pharaoh's daughter who finds him and saves him. I mean, really, she could have just killed Moses right then or had him killed. And yet she chooses to save him, to raise him. To have his own mother. (laughs) Such a beautiful picture. It is. To have his own mother continue to be an influence in his life. I mean, side note, the women in this story are super cool. From his mom (laughs) to his sister to Pharaoh's daughter. I mean, they are the ones who have just key, key influence in Moses's life. Yeah. Um, So that we see in Hebrews 11, 24. Continuing on with 24 through 26, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. For he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, since he was looking ahead to the reward. So, yeah, he grows up in the Pharaoh's household, and yet he chooses not to identify himself with that privilege and says, no, I'm, I'm an Israelite. This is, these are my people. This is who I really, this is who my true identity, which is a pretty incredible choice. Yeah, absolutely. It's a brave choice. It's a brave, excuse me. It's a brave move um, to release all privilege and to um, be with the marginalized, to be with the mistreated. Mm -hmm. And, and yet that's what when that's what our faith moves us toward moves us toward having different values different goals and the values that God has for us versus uh, and 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 he, please hear us when we say there's nothing wrong with um there's nothing wrong with having wealth there's nothing wrong with having privilege but how we use that privilege right. it actually matters more than anything what what is the motive what's the motivation behind using that privilege and so Moses in this case he rejected it and he took a little bit of the privilege with him because he was able to he was able to speak he understood Egypt uh, better than uh better than most and so but he used that to be identified with the people of God and I think that's important. Yes, and I think that is the point. He used the privilege for eternal purposes. Yeah. He could have lived a life of luxury as the, you know, in the Pharaoh's household. Um that I guess is using his privilege for his own purposes. It, enjoying that earthly comfort, but instead he used it for heavenly purposes. And yes, because he the education that he had um and the the training that he had, he was, he did, he used those things for God's purpose, yeah. which 
I think it's easy. I mean, privilege is not bad. It is something God has given yeah, to us, absolutely. whether it's the education we have, whether it's finances, whether it's the color of our skin, whether it's our gender, there's all kinds of ways that we have privilege. And one, we shouldn't deny that. It's not a bad thing. But what is so important is that we use that to help others. We have it for God's purposes and, and have the opportunity to use that. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and Moses chose that. Mm-hmm. Moses chose um, God's eternal purposes more than, uh, as, as the text says, the fleeting pleasure of sin. And so I think even there was that distinction, that acknowledgement that eternal purposes, um, will outlive fleeting pleasures. And I think sometimes we give our lives to things. And I think that's part of the addiction, right? We have, um, we experience fleeting pleasure and then that goes away and then we want more and mm-hmm. want more. And I think Moses gives, uh, exemplifies that the one thing that will not go away is number one, God's um, eternality, who he is and his eternal purposes for our lives. And so uh, the choice is up to us every day what we're going to choose. If we're going to choose the fleeting pleasure or if we're going to choose you know, God's eternal purposes. And I think Moses gives us a good example of making that choice every day. And it is an everyday choice, right? Yep. It's not just this one choice. Right. It's every day we wake up, God, what am I going to choose? And would you help me choose and make the right decision to, um, to, to choose your, your purposes versus my own, uh, my own choice, my own pleasures. Yeah. Now, we need to pause a second because there is a potentially confusing phrase in this verse. Yeah. Uh, where it says, for he considered, for he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. Now, hold on. Jesus hasn't been born yet. It's not been born yet. So how is Moses doing something for the sake of Christ? Yeah, I, I here think. Here in. Exodus. I, I think we see. Yeah, this is this is kind of this is kind of interesting. Whether whether Moses knew it or not, um, you know, we we see what we call theophanies throughout the Old Testament, where there is a showing up of Christ um, in the Old Testament. Um, that could be hinted at, but I think the writer of Hebrews he kind of looks back and forward and okay. recognizes that. Um, even, um, even, uh, Christ was reproached. Even Christ chose to be, um, connected and identified with, uh, people who were sinners. Um, and so I think there's a kind of a looking back and forth and we don't necessarily, Jesus is not necessarily physically in the Old Testament, but I think the writer of Hebrews takes a little privilege to say, yeah, he, he was, he makes this comparison mm-hmm. to Moses and Christ and at the time. And it's all part of that bigger picture. Absolutely. The, the writer of Hebrews can have that looking back, but sees, oh yeah, this is, so Moses is tied in um, to Christ. So the timeline, our earthly timeline yeah. anyway, yeah. doesn't line up. And, and again, the text says he looked ahead, um, you know, to a better, a better reward. There's this sense where, um, I, I think it's I think it's uh, Victor Frankel who says, when we know the why, we can endure the what. 
mm-hmm. and talking about the hope. And I think Moses was able to endure the mistreatment along with his fellow brothers and sisters, uh, the Israelites, because there was something better ahead. There was something better. And that something better was the reward, um, the eternal reward reward that, um, that I think God had for him, for the people of Israel, but ultimately um, the, the reward of, of, of heaven and the reward of eternal life. Um, so I think when we know the why and, um, and we know the hope of the future, I think we can endure a lot of, uh, a lot of painful things here. Not that I, I'm, I'm minimizing that the pain, but I think, uh, knowing the reward ahead and knowing what God has for us allows us to endure some of that. Mm-hmm. Now, looking at the next couple of verses, 27 and 28, it says, By faith, he left Egypt behind, not being afraid of the king's anger, for Moses preserved or persevered. Sorry, that's a key word. (laughs) Persevered as one who sees him who is invisible. By faith, he instituted the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch the Israelites. So, um that persevered word that I stumbled over is a key one though, because that is that idea that Moses kept going. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the point in the story. So Moses does leave Egypt. Yeah. Um, and then the burning bush story you may be familiar with that where God speaks to him and says, you are going to lead my people out of Egypt. And yeah. Moses says, I'm not sure about that. And right, Moses right. says, Nope, you're the guy. I am, I will be with you. Um, And okay, yes, you can take your brother Aaron with you as well. But, and then the plagues that come to Egypt, those signs showing, demonstrating God's power and Pharaoh's hardens his heart. Uh, That's all that this is talking about. So some incredible perseverance shown on Moses's part through this. Yeah. And and again, it takes faith to do what he did. Um, He gets a a word from God saying, hey, I'm going to come through the land and I'm going to kill the firstborn of all the Egyptians. So, but this is what I want you to do. I'm I want you to take blood and put it over the doorposts of every Israelite's home. Mm -hmm. And when the death angel comes, he will pass over those homes and you will be saved and delivered. And that's exactly what what he does. And and again, just in my own human understanding, it's like, like, man, we got to put blood over every doorpost and what is that going to do? And and that would seem kind of strange. And yet he. He kept going, like you said, he persevered and he did what God asked him to do. And that night there was weeping and screaming coming from the Egyptians home. And yet um, uh, every every home, every Israelite home was saved. And um, and I think that, again, is um, a picture of Jesus's blood being over the doorpost of our heart and um, the wrath of God is satisfied in that moment because uh, our faith in Jesus. And um, and I think it's just, again, a really, really important point that Moses, um, you know, he obeys God even when he didn't know mm-hmm. uh, what this was going to, mm-hmm. what this is a strange request and yet he obeyed. 
Yeah. I mean, when we think back to the, our very first episode yeah. with Hebrews 11 and what the, that definition of faith is, believing in something that's hoped for, you know, something you can't see. And that idea of not being, you know, the invisibility of God is referenced there in verse 27, that Moses persevered as one who sees him who is invisible. Yeah. Like Moses had a faith in God to follow a command that had no context. Like now we know, oh, that became an annual festival. And that was a, yeah. and we see, oh yeah, I see the connections to the cross. And, but remember Moses didn't have that. This right, is just right. like, okay, this is what you're going, this is what you're going to do. Um, and he follows that. And it does make me think of that. I, that the phrasing of Moses persevered as one who sees him, who is invisible, um, where it says, to fix our eyes on Jesus. Cause I think that's, well, again, to bring Christ into Moses' story, I guess <laughs> that's what Moses was doing was fixing his eyes on Jesus. Okay. My circumstances are challenging or my circumstances don't make sense, but I'm going to fix. And this is for us fix our, my eyes on Jesus. I know he's faithful. I know he has a plan. I know he is good. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to fix my eyes on. When I, it's very easy for us to fix our eyes on, oh, you know, the dwindling bank account and the resumes that just aren't getting calls. Yeah, on, absolutely. Or yeah. whatever your challenging circumstance may be. It's easy to fix our eyes on those things. The holidays are coming and I don't know how we're going to handle this challenging relationship that we'll be faced with. Um, and it could be so many different circumstances that it's easy to fix our eyes on those circumstances. Um, instead of fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the faithful one, who has a plan, who we can see through all of the lives of these people we have been studying. Love it. Through Hebrews 11, he is the faithful one and we can trust him. Yeah, I, I love I love it. And so so now I think a big question is, what can we what can we know and learn about God and even ourselves through Moses's life? We, you know, we've tried to dig, you know, their surface and then we try to go a little deep with Moses's life, but what can we learn about God with? Yeah, I, I love Moses's faith, but I also love the faith of his parents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think their faith reflects the faithfulness of God. Yeah. We do get the advantage of seeing how the story plays out and like, oh, that's so awesome. The Pharaoh's daughter shows up and she's the one. But it's easy to forget, like his mom had no idea. Yeah. Like she just fully trusted. So we get the advantage of seeing how it all plays out. Um, but it is such a powerful reminder of God's faithfulness. Yeah. And I can trust him because he is the faithful one. Yeah. I, I think, um, man, that's that that is really, really good. Um that their faithfulness uh, kind of, you know, reflected God's faithfulness. I think for me, one of the things we we hinted at a little bit uh, is that m by faith Moses left Egypt. That um, that that even though um, the people probably had gotten comfortable there, God, um, it, God is a leader. God is the one who leads and guides, and we can trust His leadership. Even when we don't know where we're going, we can trust his leadership, his guidance, and um, and 
and trust that he's going to take us where he desires us to go, which, you know, we'll get to in the next episode with the, you know, with the, the Red Sea. But but I can trust his guidance and I can trust his leadership. And uh, that really does help me to be able to leave my Egypt, whatever my Egypt might be, uh, because I trust his his hand. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Well, friends, thank you so much for joining us. We will continue Moses' story in the next episode, but encourage you to have your own spiritual conversation with a friend this week. 